What is up, my friend? Hello, and welcome to episode 23 of the Yours Truly podcast. So I'm going solo dolo on this episode of the podcast. But if you're wondering, if you're sitting there listening to this podcast in your car, getting ready in the morning, whatever you do while listening to your most favorite podcast, and you're wondering, but Claire, you sound so much better than you have in the past. Did you get a new voice? Well, my answer to that question is no, I did not get a new voice, but I did get a new shiny device on which I can channel my voice through. So my angel of a boyfriend whose name is Aiden was so in tune to my needs as a young podcaster and business owner. And he realized that I had literally zero equipment other than a computer on which to record my podcast. So he got me this microphone. And to be quite honest with you, I feel way too official while using it, but hopefully it will improve the sound quality of my words from here on out. So let's hope I don't get too distracted and excited staring at this shiny microphone that I forget what I'm trying to relay to you guys. But I have to share this super funny thing with you guys before we get started on today's episode. When I opened this gift, of course, I was like a child on Christmas morning, right? I was like, oh my God, we have to try it right now. So I plugged it into my computer and asked after we like hit the right buttons, it took a moment or two. Um, sometimes I'm technologically challenged, but after we hit the right buttons and I hit record, I have to show you the little clip that I got recorded of our little conversation. So without further ado, here it is for your entertainment. The first time we ever tested the mic. This. Oh, that's it. That's it. It has to be not blinking because now it's picking up my voice. I see it. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, now now say what you said before. Oh. As I was saying, Claire is the most beautiful woman in the whole world. I'm so lucky to have met her. Wow. Did you rehearse that? No. It's from the heart. Wow. All right. So there you have it. The very first time we used the microphone, it was the cutest thing. He said it like two seconds earlier and I had to say, no, wait, say that again, because I needed to save that bit for eternity on this shiny, shiny microphone. But anyways, hope you enjoyed that has no pertinence to this podcast whatsoever other than it's my life. And here I am. And I want to share it with you guys. So on today's episode, episode 23, I was like, okay, Claire, what can you do to make this entertaining and engaging and pertinent to the time of year that it is? So I started thinking back through all of my Christmas memories, all the things I've done in the past. I was like, what can I share that would be slightly entertaining yet also have some teachable moments? And I thought back to the times in elementary school I went to a small private Catholic school, but I thought back to all the times that right before we would get out for Christmas break, we would always have a half day where we would go to school until like noon and then we would get to leave. But that half day would be filled with holiday parties. And the last thing that we would do, the whole school, mind you, the whole lower school, which was like maybe 200 kids. It was a very small school, but we would all gather and sing Christmas carols on one of those like really old light projectors. Like, you know, the ones that get really hot if you leave them on for too long and you put like the, the screen sheets of paper up so that you can see the words and it projects them on the wall. It was like before we had these like smart boards and such. But anyways, the last song that we would all sing together was the 12 days of Christmas and it would kind of go up in age group. So the youngest kids would start singing first and each grade would stand as you would cycle through the 12 days of Christmas. And then, you know, the oldest group in the back, it would be like your, your shining moment, right? When it came to the last day of Christmas or the, the 12th day, you would stand up and since you were the biggest kids in the whole school, you were trying to loud or 
yell as loud as you possibly could the lyrics to that last line. So that's always been a fond memory, but I was kind of thinking, okay, I can use the structure of that song to give structure to this podcast to help bring you guys a lesson, um, some words to hopefully help you through this holiday season, but in a more gentle way. So I'm calling this episode, the 12 days of living gently. But before we get into this, let's hit the intro because I re-recorded it and it sounds a lot better. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a PB&J enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a ton of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours truly, Claire. Here we go. Hey, here we are with that new intro. So let's get into the 12 days of living gently. So I kind of structured this to be 12 lessons that I have learned from adopting this more gentle way of life, Um, intuitive eating, mindful eating, exercising in a more free manner and learning to love myself and take care of myself before anything else really. So I'm kind of structuring this as 12 lessons that I've learned and hoping that some of the things that I've learned throughout this journey with myself and with my clients that they can help to shape your journey and your path. I don't know when I said journey there, it sounded very weird, but you know what I mean. So the first one is permission to get to know myself. So on the first day of Christmas, no, just kidding. I'm not going to sing it to you guys because I was not, I was blessed with this microphone, but I was not blessed with a singing voice. But on the first day of living gently, I was given permission to get to know myself. So I really and truly believe that when you embark upon this journey, of not following any specific diet, not following a specific workout regimen, that when you remove all of these external sources of validity that you used to weigh yourself up against or check yourself up against, right? Hold yourself to these rigid structures. When you remove those, you are really given the permission to get to know yourself in a way that you haven't really done before. Instead of waking up and following a certain plan, you really get to wake up and ask yourself, well, what would bring me joy today? Or what do I want to eat today? Or how am I going to live with more intention today? And all of those questions really take a lot of introspection and a big listening ear so that you can listen into what it is that you truly or truly for the purpose of this podcast, what it is that you really want not what your diet plan, not what your workout plan, not what your macros say that you want, right? So in embarking upon this journey, you really get permission to get to know yourself. Is it comfortable all of the time? No, definitely not. You can ask any of my clients that I tell them up front, this journey is going to be a little bit tougher than other things that you've tried in the past because we don't have those external measures of control or validation. We're really looking inside for all of those answers that we used to contract out to other means. So it really is giving yourself the permission 
to not only be patient with yourself, but also get to know yourself throughout the process. So on the second day of living gently, my true love gave to me, which is me. You can be your own true love, but the ability to eat out of intention rather than habit. So this is something that I had a ton in my past and I see a ton happening with clients who first start this journey with me is that we feel like because it is a certain time of day, because it's, you know, the clock says a certain time that we either have to eat right now or we have to eat a certain type of food. Maybe it's, you know, it's dinner time, so I have to eat something that looks like dinner or it's breakfast, so I have to eat some kind of dinner food. So it's fueling your body out of habit or the obligation to eat rather than fueling your body out of intention of, like I said earlier, what sounds good to me? How hungry am I? How am I going to eat in a way that not only I enjoy, but also fuels me to be the best version of myself? So again, this isn't always comfortable. You may actually come to realize that you're not hungry at the quote, normal times of day to be hungry. You may not be hungry right at breakfast time. You may not want dinner foods for breakfast. I'm working with a client now who, you know, was piecing things together for dinner one day and she, she sent me a picture and she was like, is this okay? I feel like it's not actually dinner. And I said, well, everything is always okay. As long as it aligns with your hunger cues and it answers the question, what do I want to eat and what would bring me joy in a way that also satisfies and nourishes your body? So if your dinner looks something like Greek yogurt, pretzels, and nuts, and like carrots on the side, if that's what you want, then that's fine as long as you're fueling your body out of the intention of nourishing yourself and eating to your hunger cues rather than I have to eat this certain amount of food because my fitness pal says so, or I have to check off these lists because my dietitian told me that I have to eat these foods, or my diet book says I can only eat within this box, so if I eat anything outside of that box I've done badly, right? So it's really eating out of intention of fueling and nourishing rather than eating out of habit with time of day, things you've read or coaches you may have worked with. So number three, on the third day of living gently, and again, it's not actually following in like a day-to-day trajectory, but it's for the sake of the metaphor, guys. Just roll with me. On the third day of living gently, I figured out this space to find what foods that I really enjoy, and I got the ability to enjoy them more. So kind of playing off the last one, a lot of the times when you're eating out of habit, you really fall out of touch with foods that you enjoy and foods that you don't really enjoy that much. One one example that comes to my mind was a, a client that I'm currently working with. She for the longest time, felt that hot chocolate was on the bad list, right? <laughs> on the naughty list, if we're, if we're going with the Santa Claus reference here. And for so long, she never allowed herself to have hot chocolate because she hyped it up in her mind as something that was bad. And if she did have it, she would enjoy it and want it so much that she wouldn't be able to stop drinking it. But in our pattern of eating gently and eating more intuitively, she, you know, the little Claire elf popped up in her head and told her, you know, if this is something that you would enjoy right now, have it. So she took that leap of faith. She stepped outside of the white box that she used to put herself in and she had the hot chocolate, but then something really interesting happened. And she relayed this to me in her entry that she put for this drink. And she said, you know, I sat down to have the hot chocolate and I realized that it didn't actually taste as good 
as I thought it did or as I remember it tasting. And I find this happening a lot that when we hype up certain foods in our head to be bad or, oh, I can't have those because I have no control and I'll eat the whole box, et cetera, et cetera. When we put these foods on a pedestal, a lot of the times what happens is we never allow ourselves to enjoy them out of fear, but we actually don't realize that if we eat them in a more mindful sense or if we level the playing field with all foods to say, okay, I can have hot chocolate just as much as I could have a kale salad, that when we actually sit down to try that hot chocolate, sure, it may taste like hot chocolate, but actually when we remove the enticing or the bad label from it, or the, ooh, I shouldn't be having this, right? When we take that kind of risk out of it, then we realize it may not taste as good as we thought it used to when it was a forbidden food, right? So giving ourselves a space to try all of those foods that may have once been forbidden and actually tasting them in a way that asks yourself, you know, is this as enjoyable as I made it out to be in my head? Or was it simply more enjoyable in the past because I told myself, I can't have this, so I need to eat it all right now. And then you restricted it later, right? Because the things that we tell ourselves that we can't have or we shouldn't have, they're always going to taste 10 times better when we actually allow ourselves to have them because it's that that time that we've been away from them, right? So that's the third thing, giving yourself space to ask yourself, do I actually enjoy this or is it actually something I've just hyped up in my head? So the fourth thing that the 12 days of Christmas, or LOL, the 12 days of living gently have given me is the mindset to know that the healthiest relationship with food is the one where I actually don't have to think about food that much, which is a little bit weird because social media and diet culture would tell you that when you have a healthy relationship with food, that you're constantly meal prepping and you're constantly meal planning and you always have food on the brain because you're eating all of these quote, healthful nutrient dense items, right? But I actually think that moment where the obsession with health or the obsession with meal prep or when food becomes the dominant thing holding space in your brain, that is actually when we kind of teeter on the line of that habit or that mindset becoming not so healthy anymore. So something that I always tell my clients is that, of course... We know food is important. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't have spent years studying to become a registered dietitian, right? But I also believe that our minds are so developed, so advanced, so capable of thinking about and focusing on so many more things than just food, right? We need to focus on relationships, on being creative, on making the most out of our life. And of course, sometimes we do have to plan when we are going to eat, but that should never become the sole focus of our lives when someone brings up, hey, where are we going to go out to eat tonight? Your brain shouldn't automatically go to the needing to control, oh, but I don't know what's on the menu. Oh, what am I going to order? Et cetera, et cetera. So knowing that the healthiest relationship with food is one where you think about food in balance, but actually you have the flexibility to not think about food that much. Another thing that I always, always say is that the healthiest relationships with food are the ones where you allow yourself to eat the foods that taste good and nourish your body on that physiological level, but also those relationships where you have ultimate flexibility. Where sure, you may not have been planning to go grab with to go grab food with a friend later on, but just because you didn't plan it doesn't mean that you can't adapt in that moment to enjoy it for the food and for the company, not restrict yourself because ooh, I didn't plan for this. 
us. So we're, we're keeping food in mind as that pathway to become our healthiest selves, but we're never allowing it to take up so much space in our mind that it actually becomes a detriment. So number five, the 12 days of living gently on the fifth day of living gently, I got permission to move my body in a way that will bring me the most joy, not burn the most amount of calories. So this is something that I see a lot in my past self. And when I'm working with clients is that a lot of the times we're taught that in order to get a quote, good workout in or to exercise to the best of our abilities, we have to engage in something that has high calorie burn or that will continue to burn calories even after we finish working out. And I really hate that the sole focus in our society of working out has really gone to the calorie burn and looking a certain way and burning off the food and making up for what you did yesterday. It's really shining a negative light on something that is supposed to be really positive and freeing for the body. So when we move freely, the kind of the tactics and the words that I've assigned to my program, it's we give ourselves permission to ask ourselves just like we do when we have that conversation with food, but it's asking yourself, you know, what kind of movement would bring me joy today? What kind of movement would I actually feel good in the process of doing and that I would actually want to wake up and get excited about doing today rather than having that dialogue be ugh, I have to get up and work out because my trainer says so, my dietitian, my dog, my wife, my husband, you know, whatever it is that who is telling you to work out, right? Because it really should come from that internal source of, I want to move in a way that makes me feel good, strong, and mobile in my own body, rather than coming from the perspective of, I have to, to burn calories, look a certain way, adhere to this plan, et cetera, et cetera. Because something that I will always say to myself and my clients, external motivation can last for a certain amount of time, but internal motivation or that internal drive to do something because you enjoy it and you know it's good for you, that's what's going to stick with you for the rest of your life, not a rigid plan that you're holding yourself to because you think that you should, right? So there's a big difference there. Number six, on the sixth day of living gently, I got the ability to get creative with movement. So this is a question that came up recently in my private Facebook community, which is always open for anyone listening to join. If you want more of this information on a regular basis, you can send me a message, leave a comment, whatever, to request to join that community. I'd love to have you there. But we do this thing called Two Tip Thursday, where I, I ask if anyone has a question or something that's come up over the week that I can address in a live video that I offer one or two tips to tackle on a Thursday because I'm also a huge fan of alliterations. So this question was something along the lines of how can I balance my my need to exercise or move my body over the holiday season while also spending time with family? And, and my quick and short answer was simply, your family, especially if they're visiting from out of town, they won't always be there. The gym will always be there, right? The ability to go to a certain place, to do an exercise class, to work out, to turn on the video and do beach body, you know, whatever it is that you do, that will always be there unless there's some kind of like unheard of natural disaster, which we really hope doesn't happen. But for the, for the purpose of this conversation, the gym will always be there, but your family won't, right? So first and foremost, it's your responsibility to spend time with loved ones when they are there, right? But 
also, this kind of gives you the ability to be creative with movement. And this really falls into the conversation of movement that brings you joy, but especially during the holiday season when your schedule is a little bit off, is a little bit different than it used to be. Something that can be really great is to challenge yourself to step outside of habitual movement, right? The habit of, I have to go to the gym at this time. I have to burn a certain amount of calories. I have to complete this workout or this, this, um, these, this number of sets of this one workout, right? So you can really step out of that box to get creative with, okay, maybe today it's like 60 degrees in December. I don't know. We have some of those days here in Virginia. So I want to take a walk and I want to get creative. And maybe I can even ask one of those family members to come with me, right? That doesn't negate working out, right? You can do something that is different. Challenge yourself to step outside of that box in a way that you still enjoy, but allows you to get creative because again, we don't have to hold ourselves to these rigid standards. We can do something different that still allows ourselves to be mobile in our own body, but also enjoy the time spent with family and with moving our own body. So number seven on the seventh day. Oh, I wish you could see me right now. I have this scarf on and I'm like starting to sweat. A lot of times when I do podcasts, I get super excited. So had to shed the scarf, but seven on the seventh day of eating gently, I got the space to accept that movement is meant to keep me healthy not keep me the same size. So this really falls into alignment with that conversation of calorie burn, right? That exercise is meant to bring you joy, not just burn calories. This kind of aligns with that, but kind of going into my past, I was a gymnast. I was a cheerleader. And when I say cheerleader, I was the one that they like threw up in the air. We called ourselves flyers. So kind of back then when I was first getting into sports and exercise, I was taught that in order to be successful, you have to stay the same size. And I myself, I've always had a petite frame. I'm 5'4". I've always inhabited naturally a little bit of a smaller body, but I was taught from that young age that in order to be successful in my workouts or in order to be successful in these sports, I had to manipulate my exercise in a way to keep me the exact same size. So luckily now, I'm no longer a gymnast. I'm no longer a cheerleader. And I've had a couple years to realize that the movement that makes me feel the best and feel like the best version of myself in my own body aren't necessarily the ones that will keep me the exact same size. I enjoy weightlifting and we know that when we challenge our muscles to do something different and more more strenuous like that, that sometimes our body will change sizes. And sometimes when I decide to take a little bit of a break from weightlifting and maybe engage in more walking is my main form of activity that again, my body may shift a little bit and I'm never one to weigh myself. That's a totally different discussion. One that we can conquer a little bit later here in the podcast. So I'm not talking about, I'm necessarily changing size based on weight because honestly, I wouldn't really know. I don't weigh myself, but, um, you know, if you're in tune with your body, you can detect small changes that are happening. And I know that that is all a part of engaging in a type of movement that makes me feel good and brings me joy rather than engaging in that rigid, strict type of movement in order to keep myself the same size. We are not meant to be the same size throughout our entire body. We're not meant to be the same weight every single day. We're not meant to engage in the same type of activities every single day. You will get bored, right? (laughs) So in learning to move your body in ways that reflect what brings you joy, what makes you feel best in your own body, we also get more comfortable with the 
fact that exercise is not meant to always manipulate your body to look a certain way or to decrease your size, to increase your size, or to keep you the same size. The main purpose of exercise, in my opinion at least, is to keep me healthy, feeling good both mentally and physically so that I can achieve all of the other things in my life, not just manipulate my body size. So on the eighth day of living gently, my chew love gave to me, (laughs) I just thought of that. I'm so proud of myself, guys. Hopefully you're laughing as much as I am, but maybe you're not. Um, But on the eighth day of living gently, I got the ability to know that I'm so much more than just a body, right? This really comes into that conversation with exercise. A lot of the times, you know, I'm a yoga teacher. I truly believe that exercise can almost become a form of meditation, especially those types of exercise when you're engaging both sides of the body. So running, walking, yoga, you know, whatever it is when you're moving in that kind of rhythmic pattern and beat, when it almost becomes second nature, you can kind of tap into this space where you're, you're using your body as the doorway to access another part of yourself where you can really step into the fact that we are a body and the body is what transports you throughout your physical life right? And it's very important that we take care of it, but we are also so much more than just a body. You are a creative spirit. You're a mind, you're a a daughter, a son, a wife, a friend, a husband, you know, whatever it is that you are is so much more than just a body. That's why in my practice in my nutrition practice, that's why I don't ever focus on transformation photos. That's why I never focus on weight-based measurements because I really want to move away from praising physical accomplishments, especially weight loss, right? Because this is something that I see happening so often. I never want to praise anyone, whether it's myself, a family member, a client for weight loss, as if it's the most special thing that we can do as humans. Because let's be real, we can do so many more cool things than just manipulate what we look like, right? So it's my goal in life to not praise physical accomplishments like they're the coolest thing a human can do. And I honestly and truly believe that that is a shift that we all need to make, that of course it's important to treat our physical body well, but we should never stay on those facts as if they're the best thing that we've ever done, right? Because we are so much more than just a body. So number nine, on the ninth day of living gently, I received the knowledge to know that taking care of myself comes first and foremost, right? Whenever I hop on the phone with a new client, with a prospective client, whoever it is, a recurring theme and a theme that I've even seen in my past is that we think in order to be a good friend, spouse, you know, dog owner, whatever it is that we always have to put other people's needs in front of our own. But I always challenge people to think that think about all the most important things in your life and tell me what's the common denominator between all of them. The common denominator is you, right? And if you are not there for those people, for those pets, for those careers, if you're not, if you are not there for them, then none of those can move forward in the way that you want them to. So really top priority Priority number one is taking care of yourself. And that's a major thing that this path has taught me. 
Number 10, on the 10th day of living gently, my true love gave to me an unshakable confidence that stems from my ability to access my inner power, not from the way that I look. So again, this really comes back into kind of the transformation with exercise and viewing your body as more than a body, but you really come into this unshakable confidence that comes from the ability to listen to your body to do everything I've been talking about throughout this episode, to ask yourself, what does sound good to me? How hungry am I? To tell yourself that you have the power, the control over that food, right? Over that hot chocolate. It does not have power over you. And you get this confidence, not only in the face of food, but in the face of how you deal with, with others, how you go about your life, how you go about your career. You get this confidence because you know that you are able to tap into your own sense of power and stand confident in your decisions, food decisions, life decisions, relationship decisions, because you are leading with that sense of intuition, that sense of intuition that we were all born with, that we all have, you don't lose it, but over the years of believing like you need a diet, believing like you need my fitness pal, believing like you need a strict regimen to keep you quote on track, whatever it is that you've been believing that you need to access instead of asking your own self those questions. They just make you believe over years and years that you don't have that sense of intuition, but I promise you if you practice, if you practice asking yourself those hard questions and leaning into whatever the honest answers are, that you will come into a confidence that is rooted in your ability to have an open and honest conversation with your intuitive sense of self rather than subbing out those questions and answers to other people or other devices. That's a big one. Number 11, on the 11th day, I received the ability to stand in my own truths and know that it doesn't matter what the infamous they think, right? <laughs> Have you ever heard, ever heard it before? But what will they think or they say? Like, I've always wondered when people say they who are they talking about? Like, is it just like this kind of vague everyone in the world? What will they, are we thinking about a specific grouping of people when we say they, like, who are we talking about? Right. But in this ability to, to number 10, right. To step into that sense of intuition and access that, that sense of truth. When you're, when you're able to stand in those, you know, beyond the shadow of a doubt that any decision that you can make for yourself, whether it's a food choice, whether it's a relationship choice, a job choice, whatever that is, if your decision is coming from your gut instinct, from your intuition, if you're standing in your own truth, then you know, it doesn't really matter what they think because you know, beyond the shadow of a doubt that whatever decision you will make for yourself is rooted in your truth and you are making the best decision for yourself. One thing that I reassure myself of very regularly and my clients very regularly is that, you know, I know what it's like to live in my body. So I'm the best person to make those decisions when it comes to you, the end listener right now, I don't know what it's like to live in your body. So how the heck am I going to tell you how much to eat? How the heck am I going to tell you what kind of foods to eat? What kind of job? to pursue, what kind of relationship to pursue. I don't know 
your truths. I don't know your answers to those tough internal questions. So it's so important that you ask yourself those questions so that you can find your truths and stand in them so deeply that when you go to make those decisions, the what will they think won't even be a question in your mind because it simply doesn't matter. Whenever I put out an Instagram poll these days, sometimes I'll put, does it matter what they think? And the two options will be no and no. So as you can tell, I'm a big believer that it doesn't matter what they think, right? So this really ties into the 12th and the last thing of the 12 days of living gently. So on the last day of living gently, I was gifted the ability or the gumption, if you will, is that even a word that people use not in the South, uh, the motivation and the reassurance to create something that's, that's bigger than myself. And that's really what my goal is here with yours truly nutrition, with this podcast, with my social media platform, it's to use numbers one through 11, right? Especially that 11 of standing in my truths and using them to create something that is bigger than myself, using them to create these principles of eating gently, moving freely, loving fiercely, all of these things that I know to be true about food and exercise and the relationship with ourself and translate it into a coaching program where I can relay those same truths to other people, but give them the power to figure out what it all means for them, right? So on the 12th day, I... I started creating something, right? That is that is bigger than myself. And it is really my hope that you listening to this podcast, whether you're a friend, an acquaintance, a social media follower, maybe you're a client already, that you are able to tap into these truths and tap into anything that I put out there, whether it's a blog post, a photo caption, a video, anything that I do that you can use those tools to really help shape your journey in a way where you are able to start asking yourself those big questions, start finding your own sense of intuition, start finding your own truths, identifying them and working to stand in them confidently so that you don't have to wonder, is this the right decision for me? Is this the right food? Do I need to start another diet? Do I need an exercise plan? Because you know, at the end of the day, you are making choices to the best of your ability to fuel and nourish your best self, to stand in your own truth and to know that you are the best person to make those decisions for yourself. So that is what we have wrapped up into a metaphorical pretty box with a red bow on top, the 12 days of living gently. If you didn't know, or if you didn't pick up on it, Numbers one through four all fell into the category of eat gently that I work on with my clients where we talk about gentle nutrition or the nutrition that informs but never restricts. Numbers five through eight all fell under move freely, so moving in a way that uses exercise to celebrate your body rather than restrict or shame it for what it looks like or what you think it should look like. And then the last four all fell into the category of love fiercely or what fills your cup, taking time to spend time with yourself, to be your own best advocate, to get to know yourself so that at the end of the day, you can find your own truth, you can stand in it, and you can use it to create something that is bigger than yourself. So I hope this podcast was helpful for you. If you have any questions or comments about the things that I went over, you know how to find me. Hang out on Instagram all the time. Claire Tuning is my username. 
I would love, love, love if you could leave me a rating and a review here. Tell me what you learned. Helping to rate the podcast and review the podcast will really help me to grow it in the year 2019 where I can continue to bring more free value to you guys in every way, shape, and form. And lastly, if you are sparked by the idea of that free Facebook community that I mentioned a couple numbers back, I honestly don't remember what number it was at this point, but if you're interested in joining that community, please send me a DM on Instagram, send me a DM on Facebook, if they're even called DMs on Facebook, I don't know. Ask to join the community. I would love to invite you into that space. It's a really, really uplifting community where we support each other on the road to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely. But this is the last podcast before the holiday. I'm not sure what holiday you celebrate, but I celebrate the Christmas holiday. So I will wish you all a very Merry Christmas, a happy holidays, and... I love you guys. Was that weird to say to to a podcast microphone? I don't know. I'm totally swooning over this microphone, but I'm so deeply grateful for all of you who choose who choose to listen every single week and we will talk soon, my friend. Bye.